a while ago we spoke to Jane Karakova, who is um, with uh, the Child Welfare Political Action Committee Canada, and we were talking about how the fact that um, a lot of the kids that are in the welfare system, after they age out at 18, they're just left to their own devices. There's no safety net. There's no checking up on them. Um, Apparently, the Child Welfare Political Action Committee Canada launched its advocacy activities at Queen's Park about two weeks ago to talk to the people that are in charge about making sure that the child protection system allows youth to succeed after care. Joining us now, Christine Bradley, advocate with lived experience. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, Kelly. Chris and I have been friends for a long time, and I had no... Chris is a very successful businesswoman. Uh, she's a successful mother, and uh, I can, I'm can. i proud that I can call her a personal friend of mine. And I was shocked one day. We were at a dinner party, and that's how we first started bonding, is over our love of food. And you mentioned that you were in foster care, and yeah. I was blown away because I think most people think of kids that are in foster care later on as being you know, wow, maybe, you know, your life is kind of left to your own devices and maybe it doesn't look like someone who's successful or someone who's as successful in business or, uh, you know, a parent. And, uh, you know, I was shocked and I was pleased. But that isn't always the normal reality, correct? Correct. And, you know, Cal, I stopped um, or I started talking about being a foster kid only a couple of years ago. Um, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, it wasn't something... I felt comfortable with because there's a stigma attached to it for sure. There is, yeah, yeah, and you know, there's this perception. I think that um, there's there's you've done something wrong if you're a foster kid, and that's how you feel when you're a foster kid when you're going into foster care. Oh, definitely, definitely. Be- because your mother had mental health issues, and yes. that's why you were put into foster care. Exactly. So you'd go in and out of foster care depending on where she was as far as mental health was concerned, exactly. right? So from the age of two to about sixteen. So this is something that uh, you clearly beat the system. I remember when this first came up in conversation, you were talking about the um, reading material that the government supplied kids with when they age out of foster care. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that one of the things, it was it set you up on how to deal with failure, assuming that you're automatically going to fail. And one of the things that stunned you was the fact that they tell you what to do if you're going to be evicted. Correct. Most of us, it didn't tell you what to, how to get yourself an apartment. Or how to uh, apply for OSAP or how to get a social insurance number or the things that parents would help you with as you're moving into the world as an adult, right? And when you consider that, you know, when you're in foster care, your your parents are the government. Right. Um, and, you know, they're giving us a binder that, you know, basically is it's called the uh, road to success. Well, there's nothing that talks about success in it whatsoever. It really sets you up or it has expectations that you are actually going to fail. It, it, it It's about STDs and um, eviction notices and uh, your rights under the Landlord-Tenant Act. It's it's not telling you how to buy a house or how to get a mortgage or any of the, the stuff that true parents would would give you. And this is kind of what you're given as your get out and and become Launch, an adult in yeah. the world. These right. are your wings, and, and that's all you get. So the goal of the group now, the Child Welfare Pack that you guys have set up, it's, an, it's not-for-profit, and it advocates for a progressive child welfare system by providing real-life expertise and informed research. What is your, you know, in layman's term, if you were to tell me what you people uh, are really advocating for, how would you uh, summarize it? So really what we want to see is evidence-based research so that we have a measuring stick. So when policies are put into practice, 
that we know that they actually work, that the outcomes are exactly what was intended. So, for example, uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was um, uh, uh, it was announced that the government is going to pay for transportation for kids in care to attend their schools. This is great. Now, what that means is every time you go into a different foster care... Uh, you, you change school districts or schools. That can be devastating for a kid. In, in setback any, is huge. You're set back you, four to six months. Wow. So yeah. this is, seems like a good move, but... It sounds great. But how are we measuring it, Kelly? We want to know. We want to know a start date and a finish date of the measurement. And we want to know what the expectations are. We know that if it sets kids back between four to six months academically... Then what if what is it going to do if we if we can keep the kids in school and are there other things that might happen along the way and how are we measuring those? So in the past, has the government just been kind of throwing money at, at this issue? And I, I you know I want to say it the problem, which is the problem of having to now parent a bunch of kids that um, for any number of reasons they're throwing money at it, but then they're not going back to find out if that money is actually showing a positive outcome. The outcomes are the same that we, over the last 40 years, there was a research paper done by my colleague, Jane, who's the Mm -hmm. president of Child Welfare PAC. And she's she's, um, a PhD candidate at the uh, London School of Economics or Business. I'm not sure which one. Um, And her findings were that over the last 40 years, the outcomes are the same time and time again. Uh, high levels of poverty, homelessness, early parenthood, uh, low academic achievement, uh, involvement with the uh, criminal justice system, um, poor mental and physical health. It's it's. Um, so you're taking these kids out of a, a situation that's terrible, and setting them up for a situation that. I think the intention is always good. You know, kids are removed from their homes because of um, you know neglect or abuse. So there's a reason that they're being removed from their homes. Their bio families couldn't take care of them for a variety of different reasons. Um, but when you take on that responsibility, you can't you can't do it haphazardly. You can't do it in part. You're taking on the role of being a parent. That's really what you've chosen to do. And the way the system's set up today is it's really about child protection, mm-hmm. not child welfare. The way it's set up is that we want to protect the children. We're not looking at the welfare of the child. Um, and that's a big miss. So we just want to be, we want a system that measures um, from start to finish how these kids end up. Kelly, when I I was found as a foster kid, as you know, I didn't speak about it very often. I started speaking about it a couple of years ago, and that's how Jane and I connected. Um, and we are a group of about about 24 of us that mm-hmm. all have lived experience that have aged out of the, the foster care system and have gone on to be doctors and lawyers and business people and parents ourselves. But you're anomalies. We're anomalies. And we couldn't. she couldn't find us. She was doing a research paper to try and find positive outcomes. Wow. And she could not find us. Um, and it was really by me just talking to a couple of people, the connections were made. And that's the case with all of us. So, you know, we don't even know how many of us have gone on to get post-secondary education. Is there, is there a place where people listening right now could go to? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, our website. And that would be where if uh, they want to say, hey, I'm one of the people, I'm a success story. Um, is it uh, you Child You go w- info at childwelfarepac.com. All right. 
I'll give that out again. Well, I'll tweet it out a little mm-hmm. bit later on. Right. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left, Chris. So you, I understand you, you met with the uh, people at Queen's Park. You met with the Minister of Children and Youth Services, Michael Kotu. And, and what kind of commitment are you getting from the government now? Um, we had we had a really great uh, couple of days meeting with a variety of different ministers and MPPs. And uh, Michael Kotu stood behind us 100%. Um, you know, but I have to stress that this is a nonpartisan issue. And this isn't about a four-year term. This is this is about lives. Um, it's it's ongoing, and we need to make sure that all parties, whatever stripes, are committed to making sure that we have um, the right kind of research and and um, we get the outcomes we're looking for. This is about accountability with taxpayers' money totally. as well. It is. If you're taxpayers. wondering where you fit into this, and you're like, well, that's fine. I, don't, I wasn't in the welfare system. I don't have a kid that's going to be in the welfare system. Right. It's about but your you're money. You're paying taxes. You're funding it. Yes. And so you want to make sure that money goes to successful individuals. Exactly. Healthy individuals. And you're also you're also funding you know the negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. So you know put your money in the right spot, right? Right. Um, what can people do listening right now? Um, you know. Talk to your MPPs. Um, go on to our website. If you are a child uh, or a former uh, foster child who's aged out, we'd love to hear from you. All right, Chris. Well, listen, I wish you the best of luck, and it's a pleasure having you in.